It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. Episode 61, November 2007. Two weeks ago, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at RubyConf and had the opportunity to speak with the author of one of my favorite Ruby books. The book is The Ruby Way, and the band was Hal Fulton of Austin, Texas. So it's Jeffrey Grossenbach here at RubyConf 2007 in Charlotte, North Carolina, speaking to Ruby veteran Hal Fulton. So what do you think of the conference this year so far? Well, I think it's been great. It's uh, definitely the biggest one we've ever had, the first multi-track conference we've ever had. Um, it's been very entertaining, informative, and high energy. Now, most, most uh, Rubyists know you for your book, The Ruby Way Classic, came out in... 2001 or two, I believe, revised lately. Uh, What gave you the, you know, that was early on, there weren't many English books about Ruby, and that book itself is fairly in-depth. It's not just a beginner tutorial. Even now, Mm -hmm. advanced Rubyists enjoy reading it and uh, find out new things that they didn't know. What motivated you to write that book back in 2001? Well, I, I learned Ruby mostly out of being in the right place at the right time. I was at IBM at the time, talking with the guy across the hall, and I was complaining to him that I'm never in on the ground floor of any new technology. Like, I was a late adopter of Perl and all that kind of thing. So he said, uh, if you want to be an early adopter, you should learn Ruby. I said, what's that? <laughs> and, and so I went and got on the mailing list which at that time, the uh, the English mailing list was fairly new then. This was fall of 99. And it was mostly Europeans speaking in English and Japanese people speaking broken English and very few Americans. And so when publishers started hearing about Ruby, I was uh, in a good position to be, you know... An author because I was one of the very few people who spoke English and knew Ruby. <laughs> and yeah, The Ruby Way was actually the second book in English, you know, by my calculations, depending on whether you count the, um, depending on when you count things having come out, that kind of thing. But yeah, I was, um, I learned Ruby from the uh, draft version of the pickaxe and also a tutorial for Ruby 1.4 that was on the web written in English by a German guy and I also had a Japanese friend of mine bring back a copy of Matz's one of Matz's books just so I could look at the code because there was like a shortage of you know stuff out there and so I was even willing to to buy a Japanese book, which I couldn't read, just so I could look at the code. So that was how I learned Ruby. Now, even now, I don't think I have just read that book through cover to cover, and I don't think many people have. Often, it's something where you know a person will pick up a chapter out of that and and uh, learn from a specific section, and it's just so packed with information. How did you research in order to put those? chapters together. There's so many different code examples and in different facets of Ruby that are explored. Well, you start with um, just a skeleton, you know, just like you were taught in eighth grade, you make an outline. (laughs) And 
the uh, you know from then on you decide you know what are the most important things that have to go in there and then you just tackle them one at a time and there were certainly items that I threw overboard simply because they were too hard or too time consuming or I just um, I just couldn't uh, you know make the time to put them in there or, or the space you know the book was already too big and of course half of uh, half of research is not just knowing things but knowing where and who to go to to find things so anything that I didn't know which was a lot you know I at least knew where or who or who to go to for that and you know truthfully there are big sections of the book that were written by other people like um and when I say big, I mean like maybe five to ten percent of the book is, you know, pretty much handled by somebody else. Like, I'm not a web guy, so I wrote the um, the Rails section myself with a little bit of advice. But the Rails part is very high level. It's like what you'd get in the first you know, ten pages of any Rails book. Uh, the part on Nitro, for example, was written largely by James Britt. I just went through and edited, rearranged, you know, added some stuff, threw some stuff out. But I couldn't have done the Nitro part without James Britt because it would have taken weeks longer just because of, you know, you can't, you can't learn everything all at once. And when you're on a deadline and... It takes six weeks to learn a topic, but you want to write about it in one week. You just go to somebody who already knows, if that makes sense. Well, the Ruby community and uh, just Ruby in general is a lot different from when you first learned it. What are your opinions? We've seen uh, several different Ruby interpreters that are now in development and some you know, maybe minor changes to the language. Uh, what's your outlook on Ruby from... Uh, as a veteran having seen it change quite a bit? I think it just continues to get better. Um, there are some little nitpicky things that I miss and little things that I wish would be done differently. But, you know, I believe Matt's is smarter than I am, and I'm glad that he's making the choices instead of me. Uh, because if I, you know, if I decided what Ruby was, it would be something that I would like better but it wouldn't necessarily be better, you know. Uh, sometimes you just have to say, well, this guy's a genius. I'll let him make the decisions. Um, but um, I think that as long as he is steering things in general, it doesn't matter you know, that there are alternative, alternative implementations of Ruby, like JRuby, IronRuby, all those things, Rubinius. I think those are those can only be good things because that means Ruby is gaining a foothold. And if it if some of them do eventually drift away from Ruby and become their own languages, well, you know, the whole thing is sort of a Darwinian process. If Rubinius eventually becomes a, a totally separate language from Ruby, well, you know, it just gives us two good languages to choose from. 
Well, thanks for your thoughts. Okay, thank you. Sponsored by Peep Code Screencasts, equipment by Samson Audio.